first officer's log, stardate 99459.21. We're still working on Captain Indecisive. He is needs to be convinced a little bit more whether or not he actually wants to delve into the series. I think we've almost got him, but we just need to push him a little harder. All right, true Q. This is another one where I scratched my head and wonder why this episode was picked. <laughs> Vincent. Well, I thought it was a good showcase for Q. Not, I'm not the best one. It's not the best Q episode. I heard this one with the mariachi. Hello. There's one one with the Q Civil War. There's one where Q loses his powers. There's the one where Q introduces them to the Borg. There's all kinds of, you know. Yeah. But anyway, I picked this one because it lets you know about Q. Because you're telling me pick ones where you could, okay, get interested in and want to go watch episodes. So I'm picking ones with good stories, but questionable backgrounds because you have to go figure shit out now mm-hmm. and you yeah. have to watch well, episodes so this luckily, one luckily for me i watched episode one before i watched this yeah but this one it showed i picked it to show like a potential what if kind of scenario because she wasn't born with the q powers but they came out you know because her parents were q as well but it's like she, when she was talking to Beverly, like, if you could all of a sudden do absolutely anything you wanted, what would you do? Yeah. You know, and it poses the big question. And then at the end, when they're like, OK, you just got to not use your powers anymore. And she's like, I could do it. Yeah, no sweat, whatever. Fuck it. You know, and then the, everybody's fixing to die. She's like, well, shit. And she fucking saves everybody. Yeah, and it yeah. saves everyone on the planet. And that kind of shows the humanity aspect of that, that. Maybe she can take a little bit of that to the Q continuum. Because, like, as much as there's edge lords and whatever the hell out there, you know, if you have the power to save all kinds of people, yeah. fucking do it. Jim? This episode, I don't quite remember. I don't think I've got there yet. Like, um, I'm on, like, for, I've kind of jumped around, as I mentioned. On The Next Generation, I'm on season five. I'm not quite sure if I hit this episode or not. Uh, it's just yeah, season it's, six. Okay, so yes, I haven't got there yet. I'm trying yeah. to, like, structure my um, Trek viewing because I was kind of all over the place. So I tried to go back and try to watch everything in order, all the stuff I missed. Yeah. And so yeah. So I'm on season five officially right now for TNG. Ah, okay. Well, I will go out and out of the out of the limit here and throw another uh, DC uh, thing here. Um, <laughs> There's our time limit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we will. Let's just back. go. Let's just go. We're going back late. Yeah, we're going back late. Yeah. Um, let's, let's just keep going. <laughs> so. And this character came out first before the next generation. So it, this was a, I, I feel this was more of a Star Trek ripoff to DC. You guys know Mr. Mixius Pitlick. Yep. I've always heard it pronounced Mitzoplick. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the episode from uh, the Superman animated TV show where he's like, 
name, and it was like done by uh, what's uh, Gilford Godfrey. Gilbert like, my Godfrey, name is yeah, yeah. My name is Mix Spit Lick. He like he, he like did all the little things, so that's the way I remember pronouncing. It. Yeah, well, if you want to go back, I mean, when did Mitzelplitz make his comic debut? Because if it was in the seventies, then the Great Gazoo was on the Flintstones before then. Oh shit! Oh Jesus! Judas! <laughs> oh fuck! That's old school. Oh shit! All right, I've not heard that in so long. Yeah. Feel, now, now I'm actually starting to feel like we should do a versus episode. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, <laughs> A triple threat match between <laughs> cosmic uh, controlling entities. That wouldn't be a bad episode, to be honest. Epic rap, epic rap battle is where we. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I've seen Q on the very first episode. He appears like well on that double feature episode, and then I saw him on this one. And so, like, I think you told me, oh yeah, I should have told you. Uh, Q was in the mariachi episode. I was like, he. he so I'm like, this guy's kind of comedy relief. He, he sh- comes off as like so- someone who's like all power, like um, how do I say? He's completely like, omnipotent. Yeah, he yeah. can do whatever he wants and however he wants well, to. But do he it comes whenever. off like a dictator, like if he's so powerful, no, no thought, yeah. nothing. And then it just sounds like he's so childish at the same time. Well, yeah. From what I've seen or heard. Want me to um, mention my favorite? Um, Pull out his dick and throw it on the table moment <laughs> for Q. Like the Go moment. Ahead. <laughs> my favorite moment for Q was um he was telling he was talking to Picard. He tells him, You guys only, only explored a fraction of the universe. You don't know what else is out there. Want me to show you? I'll show you. And he throws them like like light years into like the fucking deeper into the, the galaxy. And he interact with the board for the very was it seven? Seven thousand light years. Seven thousand light Jeez. years. And and they interact with the board for the very first time a couple of seasons before they even meet them, like officially. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's the first appearance of the Borg. And it, there was nothing he could do about it to stop them. And that was just like saying, You guys aren't ready for the rest of the shit that's out there. Yeah. It, it was like the most, you know, flex moment ever of his power. Yeah, it was also a true dick moment, too, because then he's like, hey, yeah. Borg, look at these guys, and then takes them away, and the Borg's like, okay, we're going to go get those motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> so we got Q to blame for all this, huh? Yeah. Who's also back in um, Picard season two, and uh, that's going to oh. be fun, <laughs> seeing them all together. Right. Yeah, John Delancey's cool. Yeah. All right, so... Before we move on to the extra little things I got, I will say that I will keep watching the next generation. So this is what leads me to asking you guys these next upcoming questions. Yeah. Should I start from the beginning as in Star Trek with Kurt? Or is is, uh, next generation a good starting point for people who have not watched like Star Trek next, at all. Next Generation or Enterprise are, the, are the, I think are the two best ones. The reason why I say Enterprise is because it explains a lot of stuff early on. Some of the continuity is a little wonky, but they kind of sort some of the shit out eventually. And plus, all Star Trek, in a way, they, it has rules and stuff, but some of it's kind of like wonky, you know. The Cleons, yeah. for example. 
Um, but it's a like Enterprise is a good I don't know shit. I want to get into Star Trek show to watch. But since you already know shit now, I would say just watch the next generation. Alright. Yeah. I mean if you I, I never watched Enterprise myself, but I heard good stuff about it. And then um the original series it's it's a little more campy yeah. than anything. And it's got you know, it's got more a little more action because Kirk is more of an action guy. And he's got his super powerful double axe handle overhead smash that he does to everybody. Don't forget the random ass drop kick he does. Oh yeah, that Wait, too. What? He'll do drop kicks out of nowhere too. Yeah about that. But uh, oh, so is Kirk the Hulk Hogan of the uh, Star Trek universe or what? Yeah, he's all like that. Yeah, Spock. Let me tell you something, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Spock is all just that's highly illogical, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you do have like Jim was saying earlier, you've got your your parallels between characters, and one of the big parallels is with Kirk and. Lieutenant Riker. Lieutenant oh, yeah. Commander Riker. Yes. Because yeah. Riker is the guy who can get the ladies, but he's also like, let's go kick some ass. And uh, Picard's always like, uh, no, just fucking wait a second. And we can figure this shit out. But when it comes down to it and shit needs to go down, like you're saying, you know, Riker will go down there and he'll take Worf and Data and they'll just bust shit up. Yeah. Oh, right. Worf's storyline is pretty good too. Um, just this is not related to what we're talking about, but no. <laughs> not at all. But I thought it'd be good to throw out like um, if you're a person who who's ever dealt with the concept of being from two worlds, whereas like like um, like for you, Leo, you're Hispanic, like uh, and you grew up here. And let's say like um, the concept of it dealing with like your heritage and where you grew up and the differences uh wharf is a good story his whole his whole thing is a good story for that to oh, he's a Klingon, right he's a yeah. he was raised by humans so he works for starfleet which is mostly kind of human in a way and um but he wants to connect to his Klingon roots so there's a little struggle with that yeah there's a yeah. lot of good wharf stories yeah uh, there, there's actually on that one uh, episode with the uh, where the ship gets hijacked by those uh, those beings that um, he said was it uh, how do you say his name Worf? Yeah, Worf, yeah. So he, he, they were gonna go play I guess some kind of sport or whatever, and as they're leaving, like uh, number one, it's like oh, it's it's not, it's not it's just about having fun. It's not about winning, and he goes, hey. If winning was not so important, then why keep score? And then he leaves. I was all like, "Man has a point." Yeah, man has a point. Like it gets, I could see his his tendency to um, how do you say to push himself to win to to for victory. You know, yeah, like and that. that like, that's I know, you know what? Huh? What were you gonna say? Oh, it's because like I, I've always heard Klingons are like 
they're like always war driven and they always uh they feel they're the superior ones yeah like that's their their way of thinking yeah so like that's, that kind of showed it yeah. yeah that's what i was gonna bring up because like Worf is true klingon and he's like this is the way it is and we have to have honor and it's war and this is we have to prove our superiority let's blow him out of the sky captain and then but he was raised by humans so it's not like he's speaking from experience this is just what he knows yeah. inside and then a lot of the or the a lot of the good wharf stories will be background of his father and his family yeah. and the dishonor that fell among them that was yeah. actually a lot more to it i won't get into all that mm. but like it leads up I think my favorite Worf episode is the one. Oh shit, I forget her name. Not Kalis was the one who was his nanny, but his mate. The one where his mate is trying to iron out or agree an agreement between these two warring Klingon factions, mm-hmm. and then one of them kills her. And he's been dishonored over and over in this, you know, he's gone to the Klingon High Council and they're like, no, you're fucking gone. You're, you're nothing. You're not even a Klingon anymore, really. But we'll, you know, let you believe it or whatever. And so Damn. he challenges the guy. He's like, you killed my, you killed her. He's like, yeah, it was, it was my fucking right as a Klingon. Like, she was my mate. And he's like, oh, well, you're not a real Klingon. The other guy's like, no, you gotta fucking fight him. So they fight to the death. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff like that that happens with him. <clears throat> also, I know I won't say who who he plays, but OG Kenny man Tony Todd's in the show. <laughs> he shows up a couple of times. Okay, okay. I know he's in the horror, so I figured I should throw. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> I'll be looking out for that one then. Yeah. Um. All right. I have to ask it. You guys are pretty much the two Star Trek fans that I know they're the biggest. I've heard so many debates on both sides. Half the time, they didn't make no sense to me. <laughs> but you guys seem to actually be making some sense when y'all talk to me about this stuff. So, who do you guys thought was the better captain? Michael Myers? Or Xavier, uh, Professor X? Which is true. Um, yeah, yeah I would like to say that was one of the absolute most perfect castings ever. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Stewart is Professor X. I mean, he, he plays pretty much Picard on there. <laughs> just, just saying. Well, he does now that I see it. Um, like, he, he really does give some really great speeches. Like, yeah. the thing about him is he's used to playing cat. He's used to playing captains of, like, ships, like, like regular-ass, like, you know, ships and stuff. Um, going at the Moby Dick and all that. He used to play those kind of characters. He used to play kings. So him playing a starship captain, he breathes that gravitas to it. You know that bigness to bigness to it when he's like giving these speeches. These incredible speeches. Like yeah. I, I love him. Like he's he's really good in the role. Like he's perfect in the role. Oh yeah, and I, I've liked Patrick Stewart since. It's not the same kind of character, but. Since I saw him in the very first Dune movie, 
Mm. I was like, that guy's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, kind of good to bring that up because Dune's about to come out. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's out already. Yeah. So uh, personally, I mean, I got into Star Trek because my mom liked it and she'd watch a bit and then I'd watch it. I'm like, oh, yeah, Spock is badass. And I always connected with Spock. And uh, then I, you know, I watched that and watched the movies and everything. And I'm like, yeah, these are, you know, I. I liked all the characters. And then when Next Generation was coming out, I was like, okay, let's see what they do. And I see all the characters. I'm like, okay, that's him, that's him, that's her, that's whatever. And okay, that's fine. But after that first set of episodes where they really started to work on exposing the true characters of each character, uh, everybody just blew me away. And there was... At the, you know, season two or three, I was just like, there's no way that Kirk could ever measure up to Picard. Yeah. In my eyes. Because Picard can go into a situation and, you know, he might not have all the details and all the information about everything, but he's like gathering it with his people that he trusts implicitly. And he can take command of any situation. Yeah. And if, like, you know, like we keep, just keep repeating, if shit comes to the fan, Picard's right there. And he's like, nope, we're going to do this maneuver. We're going to fucking go over here. We're going to kill these assholes and just do whatever. Like, I know it's kind of expanded universe type stuff, but there was a book I got when I was in, I was in eighth grade and there was a class and we were all getting gifts for each other. And this one girl got me. Um, a book called The Devil's Heart and it's mm-hmm. about Picard and they actually touch upon this in a couple of episodes and he it was a story about Picard going through the academy and he was with his friends and they were all fucking around and he's like no we gotta settle down or whatever and then his friends pushed these Noskins over the edge and they started getting into a fight, and he's like, fuck it, let's go. And he starts beating the shit out of all these Nausicans, and one of them comes up behind him and stabs him through the heart. And Picard just kind of looks down and starts laughing and just, like, falls over. But that's further in other episodes. They show him getting his heart replaced and all that stuff, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I knew I knew about his situation. I didn't know it came from that that book, but I guess it explains yeah. it, right. Yeah, the, the extended universe of Star Star Trek is crazy. There's so yeah. many books, and they all plays like most of it plays canon, right? And they're still they're still writing them for the new shows as well. Like um, Riker has a new book out of him being the captain of the Titan. And I think they just started putting out next generation books again. That take place between certain seasons. Oh, like, I looked uh, at, I forgot to mention that the in the Offspring episode, that yeah. was the first episode directed by Jonathan Frakes. Oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Who is the guy who played William Riker? Yeah. Well, Leo's like, oh, well, who? What? Like, who yeah, what? I, was, I was I was in a little bit of a. Remember, I'm not 
yeah. All right, the the bearded guy that gets out of pussy. Uh, 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 yeah, number one. <laughs> number one. <laughs> number one. That, 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 that's 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 the only way I, I remember him because he's all like, number one, let's go. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah. So you guys both say Picard. Yeah, clearly Picard. Clearly Picard. All right. I now feel like I should have record, like leave this recording, like leave the actual video, put it on Facebook, and take a poll on this one. Hell, let's take a poll on the on, on the on Picard, Instagram and I post it. Picard wins. Let me tell you how great Picard is and how great Patrick Stewart is. My is not really a Star Trek fan. She started liking Star Trek because I watch it around her now, and she got into it. But um, she always thought like, oh, it's just a the slower Star Wars is what she thought it was. And um, I put on the episode, and she's doing something. She's just busy. And then she just looks up to me. She says, this is some of the best acting I've ever seen. It was just Patrick Stewart just just acting. I think, I think the episode was the one where, I forgot what it's called. Maybe it's called Witch Hunt or something like that. Or something like that, similar. Where um, it was a, a lady who was trying to basically kill off so i forgot it doesn't matter long story short uh, shit happens big speech happens about like you know diversity and how like you need to watch out for people who are trying to uh, do witch hunts and stuff on people for their own personal gain and um she was like wow this is fucking good and then like she was she wasn't even a fan it's just the acting alone the dialogue just the storytelling like everything about him yeah He's, and- and- and he hates kids. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah, and if if you go further in, like you're in season six, and that's one of my more favorite, like basically my most favorite Picard episode. It's a two parter. It's called a uh, Chain of Command. Oh man, I gotta watch that. Yeah, he gets kidnapped and uh, and tortured by Cardassians. Oh yeah, actually, I, I did see that yesterday. Um, the, okay. There are four lights. Yeah, uh, let me explain my because uh, it sounds like a mess. Let me explain my my fandom of, of Star Trek and why I'm all everywhere. Mm. I um when I first became a Trekkie, like a, just a regular Trekkie, not a true Trekkie like I am now. I um watched the the movies with, with my dad when I was younger. The first Star Trek thing I ever saw was Rafticon. Oh, yeah. So I start off strong, but I, I got used to that original cast, so I didn't really get into like TNG because for me, I started watching these characters when they were already older, you know, with the movies and stuff. I did it went back to the original series, so like seeing new people in that that role didn't feel right to me at the time. But I did watch random episodes, so I watched a little bit of like you know TNG, um, Voyager, and like Deep Space Nine. And then later on, I watched um, pretty much all of Enterprise. But only recently, I see the last few years, I've been going through a tough time in my actual personal life. And um, Star Trek has been the thing that's really just got me through it, you know, like watching it and joining that fandom. Like the, the Star Trek fandom are, are the nicest people you're meeting on the internet. There are some people who are assholes, but that's every fandom. But the, the majority of yeah, the majority of them, they're so nice. And, like, I basically only follow Star Trek fans now, mostly, because, like, 
it's a better environment for me online. And I guess that kind of like made me think I need to watch all of it. So I started from the beginning, um, start trying to watch all of it in order. But I also like in my spare time watch episodes out of order. So sometimes I would like see something that I haven't got to yet, like in chronicle order, while I'm like getting ready for bed or something. Cause there's a there's a station like one is I have a cable box to have one of those little stations where I play nothing but TNG all day. Right. So oh, is it like the uh, how do you call it? It's kind of like the Pluto TV channels. Yeah, like that. So um, I watched um, TNG like in my spare time, like try to binge through it through Netflix or you know the Paramount Plus or whatever. And as I'm doing stuff in the background, having the Pluto channel, and that will show episodes I haven't got to yet. So. I would see most of it in order. That I'll see episodes, episode or two, out of order, like that, that I haven't reached yet. So that's why I know certain episodes, but I haven't really fully watched them yet because I was doing something or whatever. I wasn't fully sitting down watching it. Oh, I know the feeling. I, I kind of watch One Piece that way, but I just left uh, Funimation playing and just kept watching the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. But you know, sometimes when something has a dub. It's easy to understand what's going on, but when you're watching subtitles, uh, I just I put on something with a dub. Yeah. Or now maybe uh, Star Trek might be the show, but I I for some reason I don't think it'd be a show that I would that I would want to play in the background. No. Um, yeah. It's a good show to sit down and watch if you have like a lot of time to watch a few episodes and just chill. It's like a good, un, un, like, wind down show. We need to unwind after a hard day or whatever, or clear your mind, have a bad mental health day or whatever. You know, it's, it's a, it's just a good thing to be involved with, I think. Like, the stories and, like, the themes and all that connect, connect with you. And then also you get a chance to see how it, it evolves over time, the different things to touch on. Like, Deep Space Nine touches on different things than, than TNG. Yeah. Yeah, Deep Space Nine is more of a taking more of a, a series that would that took over the mantle of action yeah. from uh, the first the original series because that's a guy who basically given up on life pretty much and he gets put in charge of a an outpost out in deep space that the Federation just claimed and helped a planet uh, that was at war and being enslaved by this other race. You know, Why they, do I feel like I'm listening to the story? Sorry to cut you off. Uh, the only Star Trek I ever had any history with is J.J. Abrams films. <laughs> just throwing that out there. And whatever you just mentioned kind of reminds me of the first... Uh, was it 20? Yeah, you need to just forget about all that. Anyway, so <laughs> the one race is enslaved by the other race. They're the Cardassians, and the Bajorans are the ones that are the slaves. Well, the Bajorans have this big-ass Cardassian mm-hmm. space station outside their planet, mm-hmm. and the Federation helps them win the war against them and get them away, so the Federation claims that space station. And so the guy in charge of the space station also has to deal with the Ferengi and the Bajorans and the Cardassians all being together as equals now in one place. Yeah, it's it's a good show. Like um, the the parts I've seen, 
I'm trying to speed through TNG just to get to Deep Space Nine since I watched a lot of TNG already anyway. Like, yeah. <clears throat> that was what I was watching mostly in syndication. Like, Is well, Deep Space Nine what comes after the... Kind of comes, like, later kind on. Comes, yeah, time. it's like the last two or so episodes, two, last two or so seasons of Next Generation is when Deep Space Nine started. And then O'Brien leaves Enterprise to go to Deep Space Nine. Yeah. He takes his wife and all that, his kid. And then at the end of at the end of the Enterprise run, Worf goes over to Deep Space Nine. Yeah. So, uh, so you're saying that Next Generation is with the ship. It's a ship, but Deep Space Nine is an output. Uh, outpost. Outpost. Yeah. yeah. Think of it as a space station where everybody goes and chills and shit. You know. Oh, okay. So it's not it's not like floating around like it's a sta- it's a stationary place, right? So it's kind of like um, yeah, it's like a like a base basically. It's a big space station on that's a major um, exchange point between these two races that are like on the edge of a neutral zone. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say yeah. it's it's pretty much how when I went to Korea, I stopped by Taiwan, I spent a couple hours in that place. Like that, kind of. I guess. <laughs> I guess. I mean, that's the only thing I could think. You guys are saying we could chill and hang out or whatever. I guess you, I think you just made a flex that you've been to Korea. <laughs> but, but I guess. Hell yeah! <laughs> I had to throw that shit out there. Yeah, I do think. Like out of the original Star Trek movies, I think Khan is my favorite, and then Undiscovered Country. Yeah. And then the. Uh, I think the one with the whales more than with Spock's brother. Oh, um, I didn't like that Four. one. Yeah, uh, I didn't like that one originally. And then um, The Voyage Home. Like, yeah. I thought it was the weak one. Cause it's because the first three, well, not the first three, but two, three, and four are a trilogy, basically. And um, I didn't like that one originally when I was a kid. I thought it was okay, but he didn't have as much action or whatever. But now as I'm, a, I'm an adult, I really fucking love that one. Yeah. I was going to say, was it better? Superman 3? They yeah. all were. Superman 3 better? <laughs> My favorite line, double dumbass to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I need to get a shirt that says that. Well, double dumbass to you. <laughs> all right. How about this one? The Borg or Khan? I say Khan because um, the Borg clearly more powerful because of numbers and stuff. And I guess if you want to get to the Borg Queen and all that jazz, but um, yeah. Khan himself is just a badass. Yeah. The only villain, I think, personally, that they were like, fuck it. We introduced him in the original series. We're bringing him back for a motion picture. Yeah. And yeah. that's crazy. You Have you seen that original episode with him? I don't need you. Oh. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> I thought he was asking you. Oh, yeah, uh, I've I loved it. Like, um, the thing about Khan and stuff, what was it, like, the U- U- eugenics in the 1990s? I think they were doing something like that yeah. in the story. But I remember, like, um, he stands out in that, in that season. It feels like all the other characters that you meet in the original series, they're, I want to say they're forgettable, but they can be a little cheesy. You know, do with mind powers and stuff like that. Uh, it, it's 
it's like villain of the week kind of. But Khan stands out. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely stands out, and they and they knew that, and they brought him back for the second one for the second film. Okay, cool. Yep. Now, just one last one. Uh, you guys, I, we've pretty much gone all over the place. Um, yeah. Outside of Star Trek Nine, I mean Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah. Can you guys, uh, you know, well, we've already done some brief history on some of the other stuff. You guys have like an episode on another series that you could just say for someone who could also be jumping into Star Trek to check out that. Or you guys have any thoughts on the later series or maybe something we haven't hit upon yet. You guys have any last final thoughts or final um, thought to uh, throw in to the table? Throw some I chips on the table. I said some thoughts on a later series because I, I I watch those as well. I know a lot of people. Some people don't like them. Some people do. Um, Discovery. They the first season wasn't great, and then it, it got better with the second season, and then the third season. I think they really figured out that we're tired of going back in time, like. We're tired of like everything being a prequel, and they moved the story. They moved Trek forward. So, um, I think um, Discovery is really good. Like, it's good to just watch to up to like season three. That's that's when it gets great. I think. Um, Picard. I didn't like it at first, and then I watched like the Borg storyline again, and uh, PTSD stands out in Picard now that I've watched it, rewatched it over. And uh, I think it's kind of an okay story to get into. Um, but I think Lower Decks right now is probably the best show. It comes out for like, it's like just jokey, jokey, funny. But then it gets like really fucking serious. It gives you some of the best Star Trek you've ever seen. Like, um, so where can you find that at? Uh, it's, it's on the Paramount Plus. Like, okay. like, um, the, like season one was very jokey, jokey. And it can be a little too much because. The, the showrunner is actually a, a diehard Star Trek fan. Mm-hmm. So um, while some people don't watch it, like, oh, it's not really Star Trek. If you really watch it, he tells jokes that only, you can only get if you're a Star Trek fan, like deep cut jokes. And um, I think he knows his audience better in the second season. And the characters evolve. So everything you may not like about the first season evolves in the second. And uh, I think some really good Star Trek storytelling. David brought back some old characters that we haven't seen in a while and put them in it. It's really good. So, yeah. Yeah, and I haven't seen any of that newer stuff, but it's kind of making me want to check it out now. Highly recommend it. Like, like for you, because I, I kind of have a sense of what you like. I always try, I would start off with Lower Decks first. I think that's more of your, your thing. Because it re- it references old school treks so much, and like uh, it moves things forward, and it's pretty funny. Like some of the humor is like straight up humor you only get if you're a Star Trek fan. But mm, yep. you you would say it's kind of like the Kevin Smith humor, because he has this type of humor. If you if you get Kevin Smith humor, you you get like you know, like if you see some of his old stuff or you understand what he's referencing, you'll get it type of situation. Uh, I it's more like inside jokes. Ah, 
Like, they make a joke about the Ferengi. You have to know who the Ferengi is to get that joke. <laughs> you know? Stuff like that. Or they mention, like, someone from, like, like the original series. And, like, mm-hmm. you have to know who that person is to get that joke for the original series. Okay. So stuff like that. So it's, it's very much inside baseball, if you want to say, for, like, Trek fans. But, um, it's yeah. It- I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of a just like start at the beginning and take it on. If you don't like it, then don't watch it. But I mean, <laughs> it's a good show, and it's it's you know there are maybe a handful of filler episodes, but each episode has a story and a point. And if you don't want to be Challenged in your way of thinking, sometimes then okay, stay away. It it won't matter to you, you know. But like I was telling Leo the other day that from the beginning, the whole concept that Gene Roddenberry was trying to put together was all about love and inclusiveness in the future, and how there's no differences between anybody anymore that everyone's equal now and we need to all strive for that and that it's a very powerful message uh he got like we said he was a little bit more action oriented in the original series but i don't think he had full control of it whereas when next generation came out he was in charge of basically everything and rick berman took over some of the things, but after Roddenberry passed away, it was Rick Perman's thing, but he tried his hardest to keep that message, and you can see it in the show. I mean, it's not it's not one where it's going to overwhelm you with you know action or, or like, but it's there, and it's not going to overwhelm you with preachiness, but it's there too, because you know, it really shouldn't have this high and mighty ideal about how you're better than everybody you know because even q learns shit from picard and like in that episode where he comes back well this is what i live for picard your little speeches you know he's just, yeah he's kind of just saying it but i mean the speeches hit home yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> all right watch. well my final thoughts on the whole thing is I highly recommend Star Trek. From what I watch, you guys are pushing it to where a lot of people have tried to get me to watch the show. It has not worked for them, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I can honestly say that if people would ask me, hey, how did you get into Star Trek? I can just be like, hey, I actually had a little, like, not exam. I had an experiment on my podcast and had two close good friends tell me, hey, check out these episodes and knocked it out the park. I'll be honest. It, it was a knockout out the park. Um, I just can't wait to, to watch more, to be honest. Um, I'm feeling just as excited as I did the first time I watched Doctor Who. And it's actually something Vincent got me to start watching. Um, let me just say this. Um, it's kind of the best time to be a Star Trek fan because um, 
like I said, I, I grew up with Trek, but I wasn't fully connected to it like like I, like I am now back then. <clears throat> but I I'm I guess an old school Trek fan. Um, if you don't have an emotional connection like from like childhood that some people have or like how I had it or stuff like that, like you who um who's just not getting into it, I think you'd be more open to different types of Trek. Mm-hmm. Like you, you watched um, the J.J. Abrams movies. I didn't really like them, but no matter how I feel about that, the case, like the first one came out 2009, if you remember. That was a while ago. Um, Dude, I, I own all three on Blu-ray, and yeah. I bought the box set because it was the fact that my wife, we had just finished watching Star Wars, yeah. And she's like, oh, well, let's watch Star Trek. I told her I don't watch Star Trek. Hell, when she was watching me watch it these yeah. last couple of days, she's like, I thought you were a Star Trek fan for real. I'm like, I'm, I'm just trying to see what's the hype. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm finally, like, actually putting my effort to actually getting to see what is what's this universe about or what a part of it is. I, I get the, um, the, you know, the Vulcan's not. I know. I know Spock's half human, half Vulcan. Yeah. I know those kinds of things. If it's been explained to me, but no one's ever explained this show to me to a point where I want to watch it. Yeah, well, that so, makes sense. Well, so it's like right now it's perfect for you because like like you watched the the J.J. Abrams movies. The first one came out two thousand nine. Some people who were kids back then are probably in their twenties now. Yeah. So um, if they have a new audience for Trek. And um, the new show is trying to cater to the people who grew up with old school Trek, like us, and the people who grew up or know about new Trek, like you. And um, they're also trying to give us more flavors of Trek now. So now we have the old school Trek, where we got like the campy Trek with the original, uh, the more thought-provoking with TNG, the one that deals with war and conflict and and a little bit more darker with with Deep Space Nine, the one that's like more of a voyage Voyager, I guess, where they get lost. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we got the. the I, I think trick. I think you were pretty specific on that one there, guy. <laughs> yeah, we got the sexy trick with it. We went through Enterprise, where it was kind of like modernizing that. We have um, more of a hybrid of the JJ and old school with disco. We have a more. Um, we have. Picard in a studio which he's never been in. He's he's a he's formerly a captain. Now he's basically like like Firefly. He's on a he's on a run by himself in a small ship in Picard. So that's interesting seeing him out of his element. And um, we have Lower Decks, which is funny. Now we got Strange New Worlds, which is a return to like classic Trek. And we got um, Prodigy coming out, which is like more of an animated thing for like all family and stuff. Like there's so many different versions of Trek now out for you as a new fan that you don't have the baggage that some of us have of being stuck to it. I can like just jump around and enjoy like find what you like and find what you don't like and just basically basically enjoy it. Yeah. I wanted to ask. You said that one. Well, which one was it that takes you back to old school Trek? Oh, Strange New Worlds, because that's that's basically the Enterprise with Captain Pike before Captain Kirk takes over. All right. So what wrestling moves do we see on this show? So what? 
what wrestling moves do we see on this show? Oh, we haven't seen it yet. We haven't premiered yet. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We'll I don't see. know where fucking the captain's doing the spear. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. You didn't get um, to see too much of Pike fighting. He was in the pilot, and that was about it. And Kirk took over. Right? Well, he, he's in season two of um of this Discovery. He's he's like the main captain in Discovery for for season all of season two. But he got a spinoff. But I can't remember if it's Deep Space Nine or Voyager. But the rocks on it. He hits, he hits the rock bottom. <laughs> so that happens. <laughs> I'm actually gonna look the shit up I on YouTube. I think it was Deep Space Nine. I think it was Deep Space Nine. That little yeah. fight ring and yeah. and all the rocks in it. He's a Vulcan. He hits the people's like people's eyebrow with like the little Vulcan eyebrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's fucking cool. It's is cool this to- before? I'm gonna say, is this before the Scorpion King or after the Scorpion King? It was probably before. Probably before. Yeah. All right. So is this Corporation Rock or after Corporation Rock? Probably Corporation Rock. I think. All right, so 99, 2000. Yeah, he had the little curlies. Uh, no, no, he had the... Um, well, yeah, he had it like, kind of slick back a little, the little curlies, yeah. yeah. You're right. I was say, is, uh, was this around the time he was in the Chef Already commercials? I don't remember. He'd be in the Chef Already commercials, but it makes sense, though. You can smell what he's cooking. You know, and don't, don't go... I mean, if you want to check out Original Generation or the original, yeah, whatever... Don't go thinking it's all just campy because there was a lot of new ground broken in that series yeah. too, like with Uhura and and uh, Kirk kissing and all that stuff. But there was also a, a lot of thought provoking episodes there too, or you know, a few. Like there was this one episode where uh, Frank Gorshin is in it, and these aliens are two colors: one half of their face is white and the other half is black, and then they are in complete annihilation war with the other aliens on that same planet where the colors are switched. The white half is black and the black half is white. And Kirk has, or they have to broker a deal between the two on their planet. I always make fun of that episode where people are like, oh, well, the new Trek is too um, in your face with this message. I'm like, are you serious? (laughs) Like, are are you, are we doing this? Like, like, that was literally, like, that's the kind of shit they did, you know. There's a lot of episodes that you'll see that's kind of like the message is right in your face. There are some that are, like, um, kind of low-key. It's thought-provoking. Um, I'll tell you this about the original series, though. Uh, it's, it has problems. Like, um, it's a little, it's a bit sexist. <laughs> like, yeah. we don't notice it. I, I, I guess because of the time. It's a yeah. product of its time. Yeah, like we, like I didn't notice it. I'm pretty sure you didn't notice it, but but um, a lot of my Trekkie friends who are women were like, "Wow, this is really shitty towards women in this." And I was like, I, "I guess I don't know." Um, that one has conflict. I think um, TNG is where they say that they don't want any of the crew members to have any kind of conflict, personal conflict. Yeah. So it's more pushing things forward, you know. So just have everybody date data. Well, it's just it's just like um, like they don't they don't like arguing and, and stuff, you know, like differences and shit. Like, like you could be different, but you know, you, yeah, you see the TNG. It's a different. That's what I was saying. It's it's more to my point where Roddenberry had more control over Next Generation, so there yeah. was more of a like, look, we're all here together and we're all here to do this job. 
Yeah, you, you could tell that um, he had more control over um, over it because, uh, like, yeah, there, there's there are some things with the original. I I recommend like you don't have to rush out to see the original. I think you're perfect where you are with TNG, and then if you go back to watch the original wherever you have time. Yeah, I mean it's only like two or three seasons, so it's not like there's a lot out there. Yeah, get to get to see Gangster Spock, so that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gangs just what you know what you guys intrigued me on that one episode alone. <laughs> I don't have to watch the series. I just want to see Gangs Spock. Wasn't wasn't Spock a Nazi in one of them? Uh, I can't remember. I think. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Jesus, oh man, two episodes. <laughs> with um, with um, Shatner, the lizard dude. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big one. Oh, they actually um, did a, a a sequel to that. Remember for like like a, a commercial, I think for the video game, for, for like one of they made a video game for one of the J.J. Abrams movies, and they brought in like Shatner and like one of the lizards they fought. I like video games on on Star Trek. Never got into any of that. Is oh, all, all, all I the Nintendo one. I played the the Nintendo, not the Super Nintendo. I played the Nintendo one. Only recommend Star Trek Online. That's like probably the best um, you could get. Yeah, that's the only one I haven't played. I did well. I haven't played that one, but there's a one that I did play where you could. It was all ships, and you could replay the Kobayashi Maru oh, shit. scenario in it. And that was one of the first games where I was like, "Oh yeah, this makes perfect fucking sense." I don't know yeah. why I never thought about it before because you're flying, you're flying, and you got your ship and you're, you know, coming up to the alien. And as you get to the planet, the alien's ship is like this. You're like, whoa, hold up. You're supposed to be facing the way I'm facing. But it's fucking space. Yeah. So you don't have to travel on the same plane. It's not like cars going down the freeway. Man, I really would, I really would have loved to have a Star Trek. And we're just rambling now, like, about how great <laughs> Star Trek is. Like, when we're done with the episode. We're just talking about how great it is now. Uh, I really would have loved to have a Star Trek game that was made like Mass Effect. I think that would have been really cool. Like, fully like Mass Effect. Or at least uh, Star Trek Online, if they would have made the ground battle more like Mass Effect. Because the space battle is pretty cool. But the ground just doesn't really work. That would be cool, though. Well. Oh, well. Yeah. It's sucks we had many like actual good Star Trek games. I, as long as it's been around, like what, almost, almost sixty years now. Yeah. Has it? Yeah, almost sixty years. Yes. Well, that we have to say. Oh, before you go, Shatner went to space. Yep. <laughs> we got to mention that. That is very true. <laughs> we do have to mention the fact that the one guy that we always saw in space that never went to space is now. I like, I like the picture they took of him when he was there. He looked all confused. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's funny. I don't know if you've seen it. It's funny. Can you send that to me? If you have it, can you send that to me? Find it. He looks confused as fucking space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'll bet. He's no spring so, chicken anymore. <laughs> All right, guys. With social medias, uh, 
Um, Jim, where could they find you at? Uh, you can find me at Blurdacity, B-L-E-R-D-A-C-I-T-Y. That's my Twitter hang- handle, and um, that's also my YouTube channel's name. I um, play Final Fantasy fourteen, and I'm considering making videos again on Star Trek. I've thought about it, which is perfect for like this episode. So, yeah. That's basically okay. it. <laughs> All right, Vincent, where can people find you at on the social medias? Yeah, you just look me up at Elcid the first, E-L-C-I-D, the first. All right, and you can find me at XXLeoXR2D2XX on the Instagram. Hey, I said it right this time. <laughs> Yay. I usually forget my own Instagram, I guess. But you can find the entire podcast on Nimrod Generation Podcast. One word on Instagram. And I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Enjoy some rambling, some fun. And hopefully get some new Star Trek fans on board to watch the show. I'm Leo. That's Vincent. That's Jim. Yeah, that's us. Yeah. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> We're signing off. Live long and prosper, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs>